Welcome to Cursed, a bi-weekly podcast that investigates the liminal spaces, from everyday witchcraft to the haunted and the phantasmic. Hang out with us as we explore our personal experiences with the unknown and celebrate our craft. Today we have Matt Oren on, yeah. who is author of Psychic Witch. Um, he also has the great blog for Puck's sake mm-hmm. on Patheos, which is probably what I've known him most for before this. Yeah, there's been many times that we've been sending like articles back and forth. <laughs> like, did have you read this one yet? Like, it's 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 so good. We we've been readers of, for a long time of for Puck's sake. Yeah, Aww, thank you. You also write for a couple other things. Is it Horns Magazine? Horns Magazine and Witches and Pagans. And yes. Modern Witch, yeah. And, and you were a contributing author for Modern Witch and for the Witch's Almanac too, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'll be um, in the near future, uh, even though they're um, not released for like a year after, but I'll be also doing uh, Llewellyn periodicals, like their little magical Ooh. almanacs and stuff like that. That's oh, very cool. cool. Well, that's awesome. You sound like a very vi- busy person. So I'm really excited <laughs> that we got to sit down and talk to you because we've been trying to plan this for a long time. Yeah. And then, you know, a pandemic happened and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of threw our whole schedule out of whack and it was, it was rough, but hopefully things are getting back a little bit semi-normal. We're getting as there. normal as they can, right? Yeah. 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 It's been a very like weird kind of witchy liminal atmosphere and um, so we've been trying to navigate that too on like our topics are getting moved around like, well, this would be a perfect time to talk about this and all this. But, <laughs> and I think it's a good time for the psychic witch book and your work and mm-hmm. stuff because of it being feeling so liminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and very introspective too. And you're stuck with yourself. So. <laughs> exactly. And that's uh, one of the things that like I keep trying to drive home to people. Um, because I know a lot of witches that are very spirit focused, uh, working with spirits and deities and stuff. And I am too. Um, but I keep trying to drive home the fact that the most important spirit you could ever work with and build a connection with is the one inside of you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause it's especially like, I mean, it, spirits are people, um, for, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, and you sort of need to know yourself and know how to control all of that stuff before you start really diving into working with spirits and trusting them and discernment of spirits. Yes, you need to figure out how many are in here, and (laughs) both of us are really called to your In Psychic Witch, which you should pick up and read. It's in audiobook now, and I think because that's a recent release, right, in the audio format. Yeah, I think that actually came out like a week after the book came out. Oh, wow. Okay. Because oh, I think that's how you... Yes, that's how I was, um, uh, for lack of a better term, reading the book. <laughs> um, I have a, a physical copy and I would follow along and I'd highlight things. But because I've, I'm an artist and, you know, I sell a lot of things online, I've been, you know, listening to it while I'm doing other things. And it's great for that because I'm able to 
you know, listen to your words and really um, take in my practice while also doing things that are productive for me. So, and I really love the aspect too, where I have the narration to go along with uh, a lot of the exercises and stuff like that. So I have somebody in my ear, so I don't have to keep looking in my book. Yeah. yeah. Somebody I, mentioned yeah. that on our Discord. They were like, I like it on the, uh, you guys should check this out, even if you have the physical book, because the exercises are really nice to just like have to listen to while you're kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, like you, there are audiobooks that I listen to while I'm doing stuff like laundry or like cleaning my room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really lucked out with my narrator, um, because in his private life, he is a very seasoned occultist. Um, so he pronounces all the occult terms correctly, <laughs> um, which is a pet peeve of mine when listening to other witchcraft audiobooks, where they just butcher the pronunciation of words <laughs> because the narrator is not a witch. Right. Um, there's only two words in the book that he pronounces differently than I would, but they're not necessarily incorrect. Um, okay. Like he pronounces uh, Janus as uh, Janus, which is a very British way of pronouncing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh, Baphomet. He pronounces Baphomet, which is also mm-hmm. technically correct as well. Yes. But yeah, for we, the uh, most part, I was so pleased with the work that he did. We definitely add the hard T. Yeah. On the <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you Americanize it. Yes. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we make it Southern. So. <laughs> Who knows what we're saying? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Well, that's um, when I when I was doing sorcery of Hecate with uh, Jason Miller, he had a uh, comment where he he was talking about the pronunciation of Hecate. Like, what is the correct pronunciation pronunciation of Hecate? Because you hear it so many ways, right? Like Hecate, Hecate. Um, there's even worse ones like he Kate. Yes. So he talks about how he did this being Jason Miller. He did this really extended like offering and like beseeching her to figure out like what is the proper pronunciation of her, of your name. Um, and what he received in the end was Susan. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, um, we get hung up on yeah. you know, things like pronunciation or even names. Um, mm-hmm. In my witchcraft, um, names for deity are becoming less of an important thing mm-hmm. um, than tapping into what's behind that. Yeah, and that makes sense because there's so many things that are you're going to feel or notice, recognize that energy. And sometimes it can come from two separate either ideas of what we have as being a deity or a spirit or a place mm-hmm. and you kind of learn that there's like this uh, a common I guess feeling with certain energies and they kind of overlap and I doubt that um, these beings and spirits and things like that are actually going to um, care so much about the pronunciation and how we approach them and stuff yeah I, I yeah. would tend to agree with that yeah and then you, we can talk about spellings. No, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's just, there's so many things that are passed down and changed and all that. So uh, to have somebody that can do in the audio book, which I do what I usually do with my witch books and I buy the Kindle version <laughs> and then I buy the physical and I just jump between those two because um, when I'm at work, it's like, I can read, but I want to be more low key about it. 
and mm-hmm. um and then when I'm at home I do like to have the physical book and I just like to have it on the shelf but on the go as well so yeah. I usually end up double buying like all these <laughs> um which is a good way to yeah. you know I support. do too yeah. um for for support like you said like I like to support um, authors that I enjoy by buying both versions, but they both have pros and cons to them. Um, yeah. You know, there's benefits to the Kindle version that the physical book doesn't have and vice versa. And particularly with my book, uh, the Llewellyn Art Department did such a gorgeous job on they the layout yeah. that like you really don't get that in any other format than the paperback. It kind of has its own energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I tend to prefer the physical copies of, of books because I'm that person who has five different color highlighters mm-hmm. and <laughs> margins and especially with witchcraft books. I don't do it so much with novels, but especially when I'm reading something um, like a witchcraft book, you know, I write my own personal notes and in, in the margins and, and my own personal gnosis and whatever synchronicities I may be feeling at the same time, you know, also go in the little margins too. So uh, I really love doing that. And I liked having the narrator to be able to, you know, kind of help me because one of the things for me is I don't have, like, we talked about this, I think with Heather, pagan historian. Yeah. She, yeah. she does some like blogging for some of the like um, small town monsters, I think, and some mm-hmm. other stuff. And we were talking about, she sent a, a link. We have a group chat with her and she sent a link and she's like, some people don't have an internal dialogue. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have like that inner voice that I like actually hear. It's much more uh, like primal. Like I just like get like emotions and feelings. It's it's kind of, it reminds me of your like, um, the way you broke down like your, uh, the world tree and the lower, the middle, the upper the lower it's, self, the lower self. So uh, to me, I was like, wait, what? You don't, <laughs> you don't hear other people's voices like in your voice. I mean, you don't hear your voice in your voice. You don't, what, what? Yeah. You don't hear it. I'm like, well, this is weird because with my familiar, I can hear her as a distinct voice. And like, I remember and recall things, conversations in like the way they played out. And you're like, wait, what? And so we had this <laughs> disconnect. And then when you start talking about when you're getting like these messages um, mm-hmm. psychically from people, uh, spirits or connecting when you're doing a reading and you hear these things spoken to you kind of, um, or in a thought or kind of when you're learning how to process this, we thought that was an interesting aspect because it's like, how does somebody like Cricket receive? Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows she sees things. Yeah, um, I definitely see things either, um, you know, you talk about the different uh, ways that you see things either in your mind's eye or with your actual eyes. And, you know, I get both of those. And yes. usually it's just like a feeling I get I get everything else more. I rarely get audio. And I almost wonder if it's if there's something in the way that my brain works that I can change by putting things back into alignment or not, I'm going to have to play with that because I think it's really interesting. But I know that there are some people who, you know, the way that their brain works, they actually can't create visuals. So, and I, I find that really interesting because me as an artist, I tend to be a very visual person. So. Yeah. And I'm visual and I'm like not understanding how, that works i'm like yeah. do you just have like a picture as a thought like what or, talk or, to yourself throughout the day or feeling yeah. Or, yeah so so i'm kind of a mix of all those things so um i actually do not have a consistent internal dialogue 
um, unless I'm consciously doing it. Um, I am much more like you where it's uh, kind of more of that kind of lower self. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel things, I feel my thoughts. Um, and you know, if I get really upset, um, it's frustrating, but like, I have to literally <laughs> sit there and process why do I feel this way, <laughs> you know? Because yeah, I feel it before, you know, I, I've yeah. processed the the thought behind it. See, that's um, weird, because I'm like, I just overanalyze stuff and it's like, wait, how am I supposed to feel about this again? But maybe that's just a Virgo thing or just <laughs> overthinking, but. And see, I tend to be, I'm an Aries, so I tend to be very like upfront, especially when I get frustrated. I just have to like, blurt it out and like process it and uh, especially like by like writing it down and then or like saying it to somebody and then I'm like I'm done I'm over it I'm good right. like I just burn myself out it's very quick <laughs> right and and as a Pisces um I'm very like stream of consciousness mm-hmm. so like uh my Pathios blog um usually it's completely unedited unproofread um often I kind of just know the subject I'm going to write on but I don't know what I'm going to say until I start writing it um because it's sort of almost like I channel my own thoughts um I I'm not very middle self oriented um in that regard unless I consciously choose to be Um, with the the inner visualization thing that you're talking about um, I actually found it interesting that some people literally can't that's actually something I didn't know until the book um, was released and I heard about you know these uh, I guess there's a certain condition Mm -hmm. um, where like people literally supposedly cannot uh, see images in their head Mm -hmm. and um, that's that's bizarre to me Um, you know not that there's anything wrong with them but that's also why I wanted to approach the book in the sense of um, you know these are all the different ways that you can perceive psychic ability and work on psychic ability so um, for example there's also people who are blind or people who are Mm -hmm. deaf you know um, and they can still harness their psychic ability without having a physical um, the ability capability or a uh mental capability okay yeah like i like how you pretty much start and it's like don't think this is some thing you have to be gifted with mm-hmm. because it's practice and i think even from the beginning when we try to discuss like our viewpoints and our approach it's like there's no right way and there's no i mean everybody's going to receive things a little bit different everybody can focus that and kind of how you go into well I can vis- I can see things and hear things um, externally more than you would think. And I think it's just your one kind of exercise about how you envision going to like this rose and seeing all this and how you incorporate every one of the the senses, um, yeah. yeah. Where you actually like take a bite out of it. That, and then you're, was, that and then was a little yeah. startling and I had to actually <laughs> restart the exercise because it was like, I, I was doing it, you know, as with the first time through, at, through the audiobook, and you talk about taking a bite out of it and it actually like jolted me out of it because I'm like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> right. Wait, no, you can. It's fine. Just you can because- do anything. It's inside <laughs> your head. But I think uh, part of it too was, I noticed for me, I'm like, okay, I have a lot of, 
I, I don't ever see other than like the quick shadow figures and stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I will get the chills, like the basic, like mm-hmm. there's something here vibrating a high energy or there's something, there's a presence. Mm-hmm. I've, I get smells. Taste is not one I of get, the ones that are I'm strong on. Cause I'm like, I don't taste this chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, taste is um, like the Claire Gustance is one of the rarer psychic uh, predispositions, and it's one of the hardest ones. Um, and I think I explain in my book um, that the reasoning behind this is just that um, our vocabulary for taste is so underdeveloped. Um, you know, uh, our descriptions for um, for different tastes it's very basic compared to like the complexity of it. And just like any association, um, you know, the, the bigger your lexicon, the better you can refine and understand what those, those things are. Um, and I talk, I, I mention it in a, a different part when I'm talking about just energy in general, but like, it's like wine. Like we don't have the words to properly explain the tastes of wine right. and its complexity so we have to kind of sort of approximate it and yeah, like this tastes like dirt that's good that's a good one <laughs> right <laughs> right like you know and um if if you haven't you know really refined that you know you're like i don't know it tastes like red wine i don't taste a chocolatey earthy velvety you know yeah. um there was something i was describing about tasting the other day and it was like, oh, that's like, uh, the best way I can describe it is fuzzy. And it was like, uh-huh. or like furry. And I'm like, no, that's, and everybody's experience is different. So it's like, what is it? The brown dog chases the, fu- whatever that mm-hmm. thing where it's like, oh, how do you get every letter into a sentence? It's like, I'd like that exercise. Cause I thought it makes so much sense. You can kind of, you realize at the end of it, you've honed in on like, this is my stronger suit. I smelled it stronger than I felt the touch or the prick of the thorn or whatever Mm -hmm. and um I thought that was such a good way to self-evaluate all of those in one Mm -hmm. and I was like it's so it's just so smart yeah like and see with me I have um I do specific like grounding exercises even for my own mental health as well because I do have anxiety so Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I have like uh PTSD like flashbacks and things like that one of the things that I've been taught to sort of help me through it is, you know, okay, what are five things you can, you know, see? What are um, four things you can hear? What are three things you can touch? What are, you know, two things you can smell? What is one thing that you can taste? So I think doing that has sort of sharpened the muscles for me, maybe. And also there's, I I know with spirits and stuff like that, because I I do tend to work with the spirits, especially in my home a lot. There's actually one who loved, who likes to reside in my kitchen and he likes to, you know, open the cabinets and go through like he's going to, you know, make something to eat. And, you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, what is it you're looking for? What is it you're craving? And I'll usually get that like either as a taste or a smell where it's like, you know, I'll taste like tobacco or I'll taste um, blueberry muffins uh, is one thing that he asked for, you know, so being able to discern that has really kind of helped my deepen my connection with him. So I thought that was really interesting. And I like that uh, one of the best pieces of advice when I first started really exploring and not being so afraid of the psychic 
<laughs> interactions that I was having was when uh, Rachel Booth, uh, who I met at St. Albans, told me, you know, you have this gift, gift, don't worry about putting it in a box and saying, I can do this, this, and this. You have the potential to do all of it. Don't limit yourself. Yeah. And right. that was echoed in your book too. And I loved that. The like right. over, yeah, yeah, arcing theme was it's for everybody. And mm -hmm. that idea of, I was reading certain exercises and I'm like, that's very similar to something that I do. And I wouldn't even have considered that psychic work, but like repelling people, which is mm -hmm. so fun to do. Um, no, but, um, <laughs> but that's oh, right. Like, right. The like leader exercises. Yes. And um, yeah. so I really liked those. And uh, I think it's just a, a good way to look at stuff. Maybe that for me personally, I didn't always consider that difference of, well, is that just me doing energy work or, well, this actually is me putting a psychic thing. And I think it's some validation as well as kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, here I am going to pick up this book and it's like, I really want to tune in and work and practice this, which I do. But then there's some stuff where it's like, oh shit, I didn't realize like mm -hmm. I was already kind of doing that. That's so cool. Yeah. Back before I practiced witchcraft, I would try to like, I did exercises on try to read auras and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. then it wasn't until I got into witchcraft and then later down the line, it's like, oh yeah, these, these can definitely work together and mm -hmm. they're not removed. But I guess I just, I'm not, someone like Cricket who <laughs> as a young age was seeing and hearing, you know, and communicating with things and was like, oh God, what's happening? Mm -hmm. You know, very like overly sensitive from a young, yeah, or it, aware of it. it, it yeah, uh, to the point where it scared me because I'm like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? I don't understand. Nobody else is seeing this thing over there in the corner. <laughs> right. We both like the story with your, with your dad and how mm -hmm. you talked about like, that um you know you would just laugh when he like would point and then he could do it in another room and you would just start hearing you laugh and like mm -hmm. you know there's so much stuff that you see from children and these and like abilities that it feels like, you... <laughs> like non-magical uh practitioners and people who wouldn't necessarily call themselves psychic like some of the things that they they do or they say and it's like that sounds an awful lot like witchcraft. Right. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and that's that's exactly like my dad. Um, you know, my dad would never, you know, call himself a witch, but he's mm -hmm. one of the most magical like manifestors I've ever met and like energy manipulators. And he would never call himself psychic, but he's one of the most psychic people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, um, and I think you said something similar about your mom is mm -hmm. it just you find these people that you know and they're like they would never say that but it's like they're using the same thing so i think it's important that even we're all practicing and even though it's i mean these are exercises anybody can do whether they're a witch or not and i like how you are like i don't care how long you've been doing this let's hit the basics and i'm like oh shit i haven't done this since like when's the last time i tried to visualize casting a circle or something like this and like just mm -hmm. not just do it out of habit it's like really kind of re like going back to the basics and kind of, you know, I guess not forgetting about them. It's making right. flex those muscles that maybe <laughs> have gotten a little bit lax, yes. you know, and, and you're like, oh man, I really needed that. You know, it, it was really good. Well, I, I hate the word intention. Um, so I use will, although intention is the word I want to use here. 
Um, you know, what, what differentiates, you know, going through the motions or just like imagining something versus like manipulating energy is that like being attentive and directing your will in the process. Um, so that's something that I do see a lot when I come across people, like they do a circle casting and I'm like, you didn't do anything except pageantry. Um, right. You know, so like revisiting those things and really focusing in on like honing on that uh, energy direction and revisiting those basics, like I find is so needed. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I, I wrote early in the book is how like, you know, oftentimes I see beginners just, you know, trying something um, and the energy manipulation is so much stronger than some of these uh, grand pumbas that are just, you know, going through the motions and, you know, acting like it's, you know, pageantry. Yeah. And I, we've always preached um, to ourselves and each other and now on the podcast about, um, and I mean, you, you said it in the book too, like, what would you do? And you even said it in your um, lecture that you um, had it is what would you do without the tools? Like you are the tool and that's what, yeah. like you, the tools are good for certain correspondences or like in help visualization, but the work is something that you're doing. It's mental, it's your mm -hmm. spirit that's doing it. And I have never, even from the beginning, I never would cast a circle or do this energy work with anything other than just, I'm going to meditate and visualize this because that's what I, I'm good at daydreaming and visualization. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. And somewhere along the way you forget like, oh yeah, I really need to be better about meditating. Cause that's really kind of at the core of just being in touch with whether it's your subconscious or other things around you and just like tuning in. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of good that it just starts there and is like, I don't care if you've been doing this forever, just start here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that goes back to the point I was saying earlier about, um, you know, your spirit being the most important spirit contact because, you know, um, you know, these things are tools. They are um, things that just kind of help our own mind, right? But you can empower tools and they can hold energy, but you need to know how to do that first. And, you know, I am uh, an animist, so I do believe everything does have its own um, consciousness on some level, but you can't really connect with that unless, you know, you're operating from your own spirit. Um, so, you know, like having that focus of the mind and these inner faculties being um, the most crucial tool is something that I wanted to put back on the forefront, um, particularly because, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I try to be very inclusive with witchcraft um, because I feel the world needs witches, um, particularly right now. And I see a lot of people that are interested in witchcraft, mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel like they're necessarily getting um, the proper foundation. Um, like they don't know where to, where to start or what a good start is, um, particularly younger people that are, you know, learning um, their witchcraft or their resources from Instagram or YouTube yeah. or Tumblr, you know, which are not necessarily bad in themselves, but, right. um, you know, a lot of times I feel like there's um, putting the cart before the horse 
And I wanted to like, you know, revisit those basics and kind of try to provide a new perspective. And because I do want to see these people become magically empowered. I do want to see them, um, you know, we need, <laughs> there's a lot of change that needs to occur in our world right now. Yeah. Um, a thousand percent, yes. Even if you don't, I mean, we know people that, again, wouldn't necessarily call them a witch, but do practice or or contribute. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like whether you claim the title or not, um, those energies and kind of that idea is like, is definitely needed right now mm-hmm. um, to just kind of push back. And I think maybe that's, you know, there's always an interest in it, but it kind of seems like the spike and these callings and stuff are very in line with what's going on as kind of a pushback, like, mm-hmm. um, or a call to, okay, well, it's time to put up arms because, you know, we're being attacked from so many different and so many people are being, you know, discriminated against even more so. And it's just, it's rough and you need somebody to kind of push back at that. And I think it's great, like you said, with the aesthetic and wanting like certain tools and special things, cause we all fall into that, but, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have this daunting feeling of, oh, I can't do this because I don't have um, an altar and I don't have these elements represented on my altar and I don't have a wand or, mm-hmm. you know. Or I don't have this specific stone or, or <laughs> whatever. To go back to something you mentioned a bit ago. Um, so I do believe everyone is magical, just as I believe everyone is psychic. Like everyone has the capabilities for them. Um, why? I think witch is important. I think when people are drawn to the word witch, there's a certain current of energy there, um, particularly um, when it does come to these kind of like social, political type, balancing the playing field kind of thing. Because, um, you know, despite how people want to like, you know, revise history and stuff, like the word witch is a reclamation and there is this current to it um you know because it was an accusation you know originally like what we're reclaiming as modern practitioners is an accusation one it's empowering Mm -hmm. when you say it and but i mean it still has that little bit of a like yeah we are the witches and Mm -hmm. you know don't piss us off and it's got that little bit of a you know a bite to it that you know was thrown around as far as like well that person might be a witch and it's like then why are you scared of, <laughs> right. you know? Well, I, I mean, it's like, because um, I was raised um, evangelical, um, Pentecostal, um, which is like, uh, it was Assembly of God, which is a mix of the two, which are like probably the two most extreme branches of Protestant Christianity. And yeah. like, those people are magical as fuck. Um, you know, they are wielding energy. Um, you know, pra- prayers can be, curses they can be healing um so there is this strong manipulation of energy and what differentiates what they're doing versus reclaiming a title like witch has to deal with a world view and a spirit that is um like an anthropomorphic spirit of that word and that current of energy Uh Mm -hmm. it gets confused with the i think aesthetic like you hear witchy or see witchy a lot especially on instagram and stuff Mm -hmm. and then you're like wait you're not actually it's just the aesthetic you're calling to but Mm -hmm. i think that draw is still good because it kind of like oh wait maybe i could do this i could be self-empowered by this and yeah 
Um, and I know a lot of people who, you know, practice, but wouldn't necessarily call themselves a witch, even though they do admit, yes, I do practice witchcraft, but they don't call themselves a witch almost because there's a, a, a stigma around it, or there's a lot of gatekeeping from other magical practitioners, other witches in the community, which I want to abolish, like, I can't even begin to tell you. Um, because, <laughs> and I think that that's something that to kind of going back to what you were saying too i've you know i think as pagans we find pagans and witches we find ourselves a lot in contact with new people especially if we're out in the open and they're like i i, I know you practice i want to learn and they come to you and so i always love interacting with those people and you know saying, you know, I really liked this book, you know, it really, you know, helped me, you know, set this kind of foundation for my practice. And a lot of times there's a, you know, they're, they're afraid to do things. They're afraid to cast a circle. They're afraid to try because they're afraid of messing it up, you know? Right. And, um, I think there's a, a stumbling block there where it's like, eventually you just have to do it. And I think that, your book, the way that it's laid out with your visualizations and your exercises, it's a really good way to sort of have them put their, you know, dip their toes in the water. And then before they know it, they're casting a circle, you know, so, and, and they're, they're doing all of the things that are super important in witchcraft without knowing it. But they're also the pulling fear. it. Yeah. You're yeah. teaching them to pull it from within. So they're not mm -hmm. reliant on, I only did that because I had the right ingredients mm -hmm. like no you did this because it's your will and yeah. you made the choice and you raised that energy and you controlled it and you you put it out so simply so i think this would be a great benefit for so many people in mm -hmm. trying to get to a basic i guess working and self realization that you know nobody had to tell you this nobody had to give you the the special ointment to use for this mm -hmm. or the uh, you mm -hmm. know the oil it's like you just did it but we all right. love the stuff and the aesthetic i mean who doesn't but thank you. Uh, yeah thank you yeah and um when it comes to the aesthetic talking about witchcraft as its own spirit right um i do think the aesthetic is a glamoury that it consciously uses mm -hmm. because this aesthetic in different ways pops up at different times and it draws in a whole new like it draws in fresh blood to witchcraft and some will stay and some won't stay and you know you can have people saying like oh the witch aesthetic is like a new you know millennial and post-millennial thing but it's really not, it's not. um it's the generation of starhawk had their own aesthetic which mm -hmm. was a lot more pagan hippie um you know gerald gardner's generation they definitely had a witchcraft aesthetic um it's just that it kind of changes with culture. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I think a lot of people, I think there are a lot of genuine seekers that embrace this that aren't being um, directed to resources that would genuinely be beneficial to them and make impact um, in their life and their craft and help them find uh, sort of the gateway to the deeper mysteries of witchcraft. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's so much information. It's like a double-edged sword. It's like there's so much where you'll feel overwhelmed or you might not, you know, get the, the right information for you or you might read something where you feel like, um, we all know the people that are like, well, I, 
I saw this and I just don't feel like I'm able to fit in with this or, mm-hmm. and, but then you have such good information that you can find that wasn't, I mean, not that I'm that old, but <laughs> I mean, that you just didn't necessarily have um, at the time when I was casting away like the Baptist mm-hmm. idea. And that's the other thing we wanted to ask about was just, we love how you're like, nothing represents it more than like the question mark. Yes. It's like the inquisitiveness and Mm -hmm. just the unknown and the seeking. And it's like, I think we all got to that point where it's like religion is not offering me this. Yeah. And it's like, I have too many questions. I had those same Sunday school questions where it's like, uh, just, you know, don't worry about it. And it's like, no, I am worrying about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and um, I kind of touch on this. So if we do use that kind of uh, Judeo-Christian mythic paradigm, I mean, it's the serpent who asks the very first question. And then it's Eve who asks the very first question, you know? So like this- That's bad. um, (laughs) Right. So this idea of questioning things is pretty much the foundation of why man supposedly fell from grace, you know? So it's um, questioning is not something that is um, encouraged. But you kind of lose these religions. Yeah, when people question, you lose control. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, it's, you're going beyond a spiritual idea and into an organized religion, which was, you know, when you're talking about, you can't have this knowledge that I have Mm -hmm. because you're not a chosen one. Right. then you can't question and you can't have access to that. And that's when you fall into why people, you know, feel like they do and they don't have power and they don't have a voice. It comes from, I mean, I, you know, I'm a follower of Hecate as we both are. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like, yeah, I have a relationship, work with her. I feel like she guides me, but not once do I ever feel like I'm just at her mercy and so thankful that, uh, you know, a wretch like me would <laughs> would be chosen by such. And it's like, right. there's not that sense of self-loathing mm-hmm. and that idea and that, you know, goes into it too. And I think witchcraft itself is empowering and knowing that um, that it comes from you and not necessarily a tool. And, and despite it being a, an umbrella term that still embraces all the things that I do, um, I actually steer away from the word pagan for those reasons um, because classical paganism is very hard polytheist and it's very worship oriented. Um, whereas I see witchcraft as totally um, not about worship. Um, you know, it's about honoring, it's about respecting, just as you would. Um, a teacher or a parent or a friend, um, but it's not about bowing down and putting something before yourself. It's about, um, you know, my spirits, my deities want me to reach their level, and I can't do that if I'm groveling before yes. them. When I started, it was, I'm pagan. Oh, well, what do you, do you practice witchcraft? I mean, yeah, because you're you're taught like, okay, well, I can't just go around, you know, saying this because of everything, especially here in the South, but pagan might be a little bit more acceptable or, and then Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, are you Wiccan? And then as time goes on and you kind of realize and you work with these deities and spirits and you don't have to work with deities, but you know, you can't be a witch and not interact with some kind of spirit, even if it's a plant or whatever. But I very rarely say I'm a pagan anymore. I just say I'm a witch. Like, 
I, I mm -hmm. would agree with that too. And, you know, one of the best, you know, interactions I ever had with, with Hecate was when she came to me and, and said, why are you, why are you putting yourself down so much? You know, you are, you are part of me, you know, you are sovereign. So, you know, lift your chin up. Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, uh, yeah. So, and yeah. I, I think working with Hecate in particular, um, so any of these names that we put on what I call the witch queen, yes. um, the more you work with them and the more you research them, <clears throat> I honestly think that they will make you a softer polytheist um, because Hecate, for example, um, her history is not concrete as a solitary entity. Yeah. Um, she bleeds in and out of different deities. Um, and then you get into like the Chaldean um, or the Chaldean, <laughs> I don't know why I mispronounced that, <laughs> but talking about mispronunciation, the Chaldean oracles and stuff, right. you know, she is the anima mundi. She is, um, you know, the world soul. She becomes like, um, because their view is she is soul and uh, she is what we are a part of. So our singular soul is part of soul, which is her. Um, so it starts getting more and more cosmic. And, yeah. um, you know, I used to be a lot more adamant uh, early in my practice about like who Hecate is and who she isn't. So, you know, I was one of those people that get on my soapbox and be like, Hecate <laughs> is not a crone. She is not a crone, you know. Um, until Hecate started showing up as a crone and pretty much being like, I'm whatever the fuck I want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's very human um, to want to put things into boxes to make them uh, something we can understand. And I think um, we're very drawn to religion because it makes things easier for us to understand logically, um, which goes with my definition or my differentiation with paganism versus witch. Whereas witch for me is more of um, allowing things to be mysterious and allowing things to just be as they are yeah. and to be open to, you know, saying, I don't understand this, but I experience it. Yes, absolutely. What? And allowing it to fully you know, be a contradiction and say, that's how it is. It is both things. You know, yeah. I, I love that. I was going to go into a whole other little rabbit hole about, <laughs> well, because we were talking about how you feel these energies and they present themselves in certain ways. And before this, we were talking about how from early on, we mentioned like Hellier and mm -hmm. how, you know, at first I'm like, oh, you should watch this. You know, it's on YouTube for free. And, and then we saw your post on it and it's like oh that's cool and then you get into their second season and it's very mm -hmm. like okay now they're doing a ritual to pan that's like amazing and it's like holy shit everybody we know is is having these like pulls and this call to the horned one in some aspect mm -hmm. and it feels like that what we just said about the calling to mm -hmm. like stand up i mean you know the everything is hurting right now including nature and the earth and it's like it's that idea of like the old gods to put it mm -hmm. are kind of like calling for that reconnection so yeah it's just it, it was fun for us going on and just mentioning something that's like oh hell yeah and then all of this stuff and it's mm -hmm. like wait matt's doing what like oh that's so cool <laughs> and um and then to see you be a part of like their um 
that live stream kind of convention that uh, I didn't get to really watch um, mm -hmm. all of because I worked. But um, yeah, it was just a, it was nice to see um, kind of that combination of bringing in all these like paranormal stuff like we do. Mm -hmm. And then someone that we really, you know, respect the writings of on witchcraft having your lecture on there too, beside of it all. I mean, that's all, like I said, a whole other rabbit hole about the horned one and pan and all this, but it just, it seems like that calling too, to like the witch or to nature and kind of mm -hmm. defense of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for me in particular, I've been seeing and feeling more of a call towards like, um, for lack of a better term, like traditional craft so like trad craft and stuff like that which is very much you know focused on the horned one and working with that traditional you know devil archetype like i i'm really i, I i'm seeing it everywhere there was actually um an occult store that was near us that uh was having monthly um book club meetings where we were just going through and talking about letters to the devil's forest by uh robin artisan um and going through you know chapter by chapter and you know people would pick certain things that were you know um really vibing with them at the time and they're saying i'm really feeling pulled towards this and you know we'd all go around and have roundtable discussions and uh, it's everywhere and you know now seeing it um, in Hellier and writings of some other, you know, bloggers on Patheos Pagan, I, I'm just, I'm really fascinated by all the synchronicity, all the little pops that this is getting yeah. right now. And I was just trying to talk about goblins. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, there's so much more. I love Greg and Dana. Um, I, when I first saw Hellier, I like reached out to them and I was like, this is fascinating. <laughs> Um, and I actually started having like kind of occult uh, talks with them. I was like, oh, well, like maybe you should look into the writings of Crowley and uh, his work with Iwas and uh, 93. And um, so we just kind of started chatting back and forth. And a lot of that made it into the second one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Though, you know, like I'm not in that, <laughs> which, uh, which the second the second yeah i have a screenshot of of my thing um and then when i was last october in salem um greg and dana and michelle uh belanger who i absolutely adore as well um they were doing a like live haunting tv thing in salem um that i was going to be brought on to explain like well what is witchcraft um, but I was caught, I was cut at the last minute, but like, it was cool to get to meet uh, Greg and Dana in person and they're lovely. And I think particularly when it comes to paranormal things, uh, those two and Michelle Belanger are such like a breath of fresh air in yeah. how they approach things and just even how they interact with spirits, you know, um, everything has been so Lorraine Warren influenced, oh, yeah. which has then, influenced Hollywood. And it's well, just, which I mean, we've mentioned before too. It's like, we, when we actually go on investigations, we don't, I mean, we use some technology, but you're, you we're utilizing a lot of the psychic abilities that we've, come to understand and use within ourselves. And those are different between me. I have my familiar that relays mm -hmm. a lot of information to me and you have these feelings and 
to have them correlate with each other and then to just respect place and spirit. Respect, yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we're tired of the shit where it's, let's me, let me come in and provoke the shit out of this and get a yeah. response. It's like, why though? You don't have to. It's all for like views and stuff. So it, it was a breath of fresh air to see kind of in that second season when it, when it goes more into like, okay, well, this is where we're being led. And to see that um, ritual take place, it was like, this is this is relatable like this is what it's not and i don't it's hard to even call it like investigations because it's almost like connections and trying Mm -hmm. to communicate and it's like we're not here to try to prove if there's a ghost here we just want to talk to you (laughs) right and what i find refreshing about them and one of the things i hate about like particularly ghost hunter shows Mm -hmm. um is the lorraine influence where everything is either a demon or a ghost and it's going to be treated that way Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Don't go into you, the light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's very confrontational. It's very uh, provocative in the sense of like trying to provoke the spirit and anger it to get some sort of a reaction to prove that there's a spirit here. Like it's just it's a really gross approach to the spirit world. And then we all um, know in the end it's all scripted and tweaked and faked here and there, and it's like, you know, it, it just. Yeah, you're right. It's nice to see it gain traction and something like that um, given like a spotlight to like, look, this is what the people we know, what we do, like this is how we approach it. We don't go in with night vision cameras and start banging on stuff. Um, yeah. Right. Just listen mm-hmm. and you tune in and then they're there. Yeah. I, I really loved um, what Megan said on our episode where we had her on, where she talked about treating it as if you are, you know, going to your friend's house for the first time and you bring them, you know, a gift like flowers or a bottle of wine, wine, (laughs) you know, um, you know, as that sort of like gift for the host, you know, and you treat them with respect and you introduce yourself and you create a friendship there. And I think I've, based on what I've seen from Megan's work on ghost finders that has been more beneficial than any of the other shows where they try to provoke and stuff like that. Because I know if I was, you know, confronted with someone who was calling me names and this and that and the other, I would just turn and walk (laughs) away. I would ignore them. I don't want to interact with those people. But if someone comes to me and they are kind to me, they show me respect, you know, they bring me a gift. Absolutely. I want to interact with them. You know, so I, I I really love that approach. And it's and funny that you Dana are the same way. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that was actually exactly what I was going to say next is one of the things <laughs> I was really impressed with the first Hellier is just Dana giving offerings. Mm-hmm. Right. You and know. I mean, they're out trying to talk to what they think might be goblins or they don't know. And they leave the offering and I was just kind of like, whoa, hold up. What's going on? Yeah. Because- I, I mean, you did catch wind of it, but then to see it, it's like, oh, they, that's nice. They went there. And that's what we like about our friend Megan's Ghostfinder show where she goes out and they show her ritual and her offerings to the I'll place. i have to check it out. Yeah. And so it's like, it's a great approach and I'm glad it's getting some, like, some focus. You know, it's been, it's been so flooded, but um, yeah, we, we wanted to be like, oh, Matt, since you do all this and that, like, um, have you done any kind of investigation quotation marks or like, have you... Not in that sense, um, okay. you know, uh, not in a very, like, let's 
go investigate something. I mean, other than like high school, you know, where, you know, like, let's go to the abandoned asylum and like, right. <laughs> you know, um, but, um, you know, uh, Devin and I have been toying with the idea of uh, doing that oh. um, and like approaching it from, um, because also like one of the things that really bugs me about um, I don't want to say all, um, especially since I haven't seen your, uh, the show that you're talking about. But one of the things that really bothers me is that, like, um, you know, this is an opportunity to, like, bring healing and closure to the spirit and the people there. Yeah. And a lot of times that's not how it's approached, right. you know, and I feel like it's just trying to make it worse, Um you know, because spirits are complex. Like there's at least as many different types of spirits as there are animal species, yes. you know. Well, just you, to have a harmony too is going to just benefit you and your practice with just what's around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like, um, like I had a whole Twitter rant about like things I don't like about paranormal investigations yeah. <laughs> and you know one of the things that I want to see is I want to see people who are occult trained whether that's yeah. self-trained or formally trained but people that are adept at house clearings that are adept at mediumship and spirit communication that are adept at exorcism that are adept at that psychopomp work of helping something cross over yeah. uh, you know uh the ability to negotiate um because sometimes i think a lot of times i'm like they just need to negotiate you know when i'm watching these things there needs yeah. to be a middle ground where everyone wins yeah, um, yeah we would love like yeah keep, you'll have to keep us posted about yes, any future please. endeavors like that because it's not only needed but it's like it's an important work and mm -hmm. you know it's something that we didn't think about i guess when we started the podcast we were like let's just record witchy conversations about what we talk about and then it's like well why don't we incorporate the fact that we're actively going to these places to kind of connect and mm -hmm. just respect and we did that to the crazy thing about hellier is we're from like an hour and a half maybe not even that long from brown mountain and mm -hmm. to see them at the same spot we were at communicating with stuff mm -hmm. was like just like amazing because it's like yeah people are drawn to this but there's some that come for like the fascination and um we have the episodes on how they interacted with us and it was just yeah amazing and i think that approach like you said having people trained um in these ways and, and not even just for the entertainment sake but just to for understanding and the information to be out there where ghost hunting isn't let's go to find let's go to a graveyard and like see if somebody talks to us like respect like i always read people's graves like dates and stuff because who knows the last time somebody Mm -hmm. said their word their name out loud and just out of like that was a person it's a spirit they might be here there might be far off whatever but absolutely you know you don't approach people that way you shouldn't so why would you approach spirits in the like all right do something fun now the camera's on <laughs> yeah right it's a right. It's very i expect you to perform for me type thing and that's that's so wrong that's so so wrong Absolutely. And one of the things that uh, you were saying earlier that I like was one of the things on my Twitter rant um, is that just uh, psychically connecting. So like a lot of times they don't have a psychic on the show or if they do have a psychic on the show, either they're a fraud or um, and I've seen this um, not so much on TV, but like I know like 
people in my life have had experiences where they're brought in as like a psychic medium and they have all this information, all this communication, but then they're being ignored because the EVP has one really vague weird <laughs> right, sentence, yeah. you know. How did and you get it get that word out of that noise right. like what well, this is what I had. It's like I'm over here telling you this person is on at unrest and this happened and they're like <laughs> Yeah, but I think I heard banana on the recorder. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and that's just, it's so disrespectful um, to the the psychic that's there. Um, it's a waste of their time. Yeah. And it, it just shows that there isn't really a desire for a lot of these people to genuinely connect and figure out what's going on and try to resolve whatever problem uh, or disharmony there is, as opposed to making it a freak show. That's one of the things I love too about Hellier and the way that they approached it with the spirit box too, is that they were really using the spirit box to try to connect and using it as an amplifier. And I yeah. just, I love that. For us lately, like that psychic connection and some of these practices that we've been putting into place, whether it's using your lower self to kind of and that's similar to what we did at Brown Mountain. We just, we came in, left an offering off the bat, mm -hmm. um, said, we're here, you know, we're just here. And that connection mm -hmm. to the lower self. And um, I love how you talk about um, what that kind of is represented by or kind of how you can picture it as maybe like a child or how an animal might. And it's mm -hmm. just that, it's like that connection that you don't have to speak. It's of. like that primal function of your brain when your alarm has just gone off but you're not really thinking right. yet you know and you're just kind of oh you yeah. know like that's that's what that lower self purely yeah. that lower self feels like to me yeah you get some of your best responses that way too if you just like kind of tune into that and let and be receptive mm-hmm that's one of the things that like um, I really love about the three soul model, um, particularly versus more um, new age type spiritualities is that the lower self reminds us that we're animals, that we're emotional, that there's this aspect of ourself that, you know, shouldn't be condemned, shouldn't be ignored, shouldn't be neglected, but is a part of who we are um, and can help us with these spiritual uh, things like psychic ability and magic. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's sort of like, um, you know, saying, I don't like my feet, so I'm going to pretend I don't have feet and I'm not going to walk <laughs> and I'm not going to, like, it, it's just, it, it's, it's weird to ignore those, those parts of ourselves. And particularly when it comes to paganism and witchcraft, you know, one of the things I like about it is, you know, that it's very sex positive um, as opposed to a lot of spiritualities and religions, you know, and that's very lower self thing. That's, yeah. you know, that primal, like you were saying, mm -hmm. aspect of ourselves. And, you know, there's powerful energy in that. There's powerful um magic yeah there's um, a lot of talk about shadow work but there's yeah. not i think people it's become such a popular idea i think people kind of miss what it really is it's not just finding something you don't like about yourself or that's bothering you and removing it it's trying to understand yourself and improve and realign and connect and three soul idea and aligning and what they <clears throat> correspond to 
it was like something that really stood out to us mm-hmm. in reading it and we were both like oh shit <laughs> yeah absolutely i i i love the three soul model i i think i read something similar to that um in uh Keldon mercury's the crooked path which is a fantastic book that i also love and he kind of goes into it as well and I I really love that model. And I love that you broke it down even into the different parts of the soul after we, you know, pass on, after we, you know, which parts return to the earth, which parts can become, you know, um, like your poltergeist type Mm -hmm. like activity, which parts become, you know, the guardian of the land, which part, you know, goes on and reincarnates. And I- All the facets. Yeah, all the different facets. I loved that. It opened up a new way of, seeing it and thinking about it um and of course that's always my favorite part about um reading whether it's a book or a blog or somebody it's just it's that constant search it's that constant like approach to the minute you think i know everything and don't need to like be open or change this perspective witchcraft stops then witchcraft is always like a seeking and always Mm -hmm. a searching um what is that the orion foxwood quote um uh, to me, the question mark is the most sacred symbol of the witch for we dare ask the heretical questions. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah I quote that in my books, don't I? You yeah. do, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just not what, the book's not what I expected. I expected just psychic, but I got from it a lot of just how to practice and see yourself spiritually. And it's kind of like the psychic thing is normalized. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. this special unattainable thing you have to do. It's there. Just tune in and work with it like anything else. And a lot of beginner books, they separate. If they do have a a part (laughs) on, um, you know, psychic practice and stuff, it's basically you're you're focused very much on tarot or runes or, uh, and those are fantastic tools. I use them all the time. I love them. But I love that yours is just sort of interwoven throughout it it's not its own separate chapter it's they both mesh together just like in in a real practice they would and uh, it 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 makes the connection that much more uh, concrete whereas before i think it almost became a little bit compartmentalized in a lot of books if it if it included it at all at all so, yeah. yeah yeah it's almost like well this is kind of a um offshoot or like a a specialty like mm-hmm. you know that you could go into if you wanted to but that's why the exercises I'm like oh shit like that's what I was doing and I wouldn't have considered it that but mm-hmm. that's why talking about lower self and feeling things and kind of just being open and receptive sometimes it's a sound sometimes it's a you feel something brush past you and just to 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 view it in that way kind of married to witchcraft just from the basics is was very refreshing and kind of a a good way for me so i mean basically we're saying like the book you should probably check out um, <laughs> get it in all three forms yes because yes. <laughs> uh, i mean there's there is benefits to all of it but yeah there's mm-hmm. you don't get the you know pictures and the illustrations and kind of just the way it's you mm-hmm. know set up i mean from the minute i saw the cover i'm like i need this um, <laughs> so uh was there anything that you um wanted to cover because uh, I think you had said something about your that there might be a second book coming. Uh, oh yeah, so the second book has been contracted for a while. Um, 
that's I'm actually working on it right now. It's um, I don't like to talk too much about my works because I view it as a magical thing. So until it's manifested, you know, I'm very like keep silent. Um, but Silver Ravenwolf is doing the forward to that, which makes me ecstatic um, because she was, you know, my little, you know, as a child, I'm sure you read my, my dedication in my book, Um, you know, like I obsessively like read her books as a child. So it's a huge honor. And it's the first book she's ever written a forward to, which is like mind blowing. Yeah. And um, I just got the green light for book three. So I'm about to start contract negotiations for that. Yeah. And I just got someone, um, I just got an agreement from someone to do the forward, which I'm over the freaking moon about. And I'll tell you guys maybe like after the podcast, but (laughs) but publicly I'm keeping it silent for now. Yes. Okay. Um, but the the third book is kind of going in a little bit of a different direction um, than the first two books. Um, but the the second book kind of is very complementary to the first book. The third book is complementary, but it's it goes into like a different area completely. So that's exciting. I'm very excited. I can't wait to hear all about I, it. I feel all vague and mysterious yeah. like, <laughs> trying to talk about it without talking about it. Um, yeah. But I mean, that just builds intrigue and that just, yeah. you know. That's the way of the witch though. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah. Glamour them. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Which I like how you mentioned, I, I like how you talk about glamouring too, but mm-hmm. I mean, we could go on all day about the, the book, which again, we're not going to read it to you, but you should definitely go buy it. <laughs> um, and I, you know, it's on Amazon and all those formats. Um, you said Llewellyn.com's got it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm selling signed copies as well. Yeah. Um, directly. So if you go to mattwarren.com slash signed, um, I'm signing them with personal blessings and then I'm energetically blessing them and mailing them off. Oh, that's beautiful. I might need a fourth copy. No, fourth copy. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then um, if you haven't on your Patreon is where you've got your um, lecture for free, which I was stoked about because I was so mad that I had to work mm-hmm. and I was like, man, this sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be up like three nights, like all night, but then it's like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm essential. But um, <laughs> so uh, go check out your Patreon, which is, um, is it just Patreon slash Matt Oren? I'm pretty positive it is. Okay. Because um, I just Googled your name and it popped up. So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, on Patreon, I found it, watched it. It's, it's really good too. So if you guys are listening to this, you've read the book and you want to see that, um, if you're cool, yeah, we're plugging your Patreon too. And that part's free, but the rest, you know, pay up. No, <laughs> yeah. um, and then one thing I really love too, which I think is also on mattoren.com, was that you have the like online community where other people who have read the yeah. book who might be a little bit more closeted or what don't know anybody else like who is really practicing or interested, they can go online and, you know, sort of exchange information there and practice with each other. I love that idea. I think that's so Nobody's so done cool. this since the CIA back in, <laughs> um, no, um, <laughs> but I like the idea with strangers trying to like, you know, get to know and like practice this stuff where you have a blank canvas and you can kind of get affirmation because that's really what even just spell work is, is mm-hmm. trying to like, because somebody asked, well, how do you guys overcome that feeling of self-doubt that you might be ingrained with since you were younger? And it's like, mm-hmm. you just kind of have to 
accept that you have the power and when it happens be like okay got it miss that okay that's fine but i got this and you have to build your confidence and i think that's a great way to have a community um just focused on that um to practice and stuff yeah and that um that's why one of my first exercises is role playing you know and i'm it's like don't worry about being accurate Just pretend, you know, and you'll amaze yourself. And that was heavily influenced uh, from my training with uh, Laurie Cabot um, because uh, when you pass Witchcraft 1, like she has you prove to yourself that you're psychic. Um, And the kind of final test that you do, because she teaches you how to do a health scan on anyone psychically, you know, whether they're in the room or not. So one of the last things um, in the, the training for Witchcraft One to be able to get that um, initiation is um, you get these forms and you have to find three people in your life that have a medical diagnosis of a condition, um, like from a doctor, not just something that they feel or they think that they have, but something mm-hmm. that like we know has happened. So you fill it out with their description, their name, what they've got. And then um, you bring it in and you don't, you don't speak about it. And then you're paired up with a partner and they just give you the name, the birth date and the location of the person. And they have to do the health scan, which includes mm-hmm. describing the person and describing the illness and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've only known of one person who did not pass that. And that person just wasn't listening or trying so (laughs) we all have those in the class we all know what those are like right um yeah it's um it's a cool way to kind of like i guess self-validate because Mm -hmm. how else right and there's sometimes where it's like if you have a thought and you don't know how would you know if you're right or wrong you just have to sometimes go with it and make it up because some of it's not some of it's actually tapping into it and you don't know otherwise Right. And um, one of the things that um, I think I incorporated in my book, which was also influenced by Lori, was she's very big on when it comes to psychic readings uh, for the training aspect of it. Um, you don't tell the other person no or you're wrong. Um, yeah, I like that. You know, you only say yes. And if something is wrong or whatever, you just say, I'm not sure about that. Like, I'm like, I don't have that information. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as soon as you hear the word no, that, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it shuts off. Like, we get yeah. in our own heads again and we're doubting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because with anything, like, you know, um, practicing or training anything, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be, you know, when you ride a bicycle, you're going to fall off a few times, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when it comes to realms like psychic ability, uh, if we fall off the bicycle, we can just, you know, say, oh, I can't ride a bicycle and mm-hmm. end it there. Yeah, because a lot of people, like you said, don't feel like it's something that they can, that they have and can tap into. They, And so if you're approaching it and feel like you've never experienced it or you've never tried it and you know you're gonna remember the negative ones more than you remember the one thing you got right if you hear no five times and you get one thing right you're gonna be like well that was just chance but so I like that idea of not letting yourself doubt and just going with it Mm -hmm. because you got to start somewhere yeah absolutely real quick I guess for uh anybody that's listening and doesn't let's see you're 
all the all the things which we'll put all your links in here but it's like mattorn.com mm-hmm. um for puck's sake we'll find all your links to all your good stuff um, yeah if you just google my name i'm all over the internet i'm on every social media i'm very I, active i'm easy to find i think um you're the only matt Oren on google so um <laughs> <laughs> with one t so it's one not t- matt Tata. it's just yeah. matt <laughs> um and if you need to read the twitter rants he's on twitter um <laughs> yes we're bad at it but um i know a lot of people <laughs> on our discord were getting excited and either mm-hmm. had read it or were like i'm getting it now and i'm trying to read it and all that so yeah we've been excited about this since we do about the pre-order so now we yes. just now that we know there's two more books and maybe like um matt and Devin go ghost searching like we're excited <laughs> so uh, yeah. We're so glad to have you on. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, thank you so much. We've uh, I've had a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to speak for both of us, but I know I've had a blast. Um, and I really, really enjoyed the book. And I'm so glad you could make time for us. Um, we're just so happy to see it doing so well because we've been excited about this for a long time. A long time. And um, we wish you all the best on these next ones coming out. Yes. Uh, thank you. This was great. Um, I enjoyed this and I look forward to chatting again. <laughs> Um, yeah, it'll be a whole a whole bunch of fun stuff. But again, we we appreciate it, um, guys. Check out the book mm-hmm. and follow him on all the um, social medias, mm-hmm. and follow us too if you want <laughs> <laughs> with less thorough information. But no, we do appreciate it. And um, goodbye. <laughs> Take care, guys. Cursed is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Bones McWilliams and Cricket Word. Editing by Bones McWilliams. The theme for Cursed is Voice of the Trees by Sun and Moon Dance. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube, or at sunandmoondance.bandcamp.com. Follow Cursed on Instagram, Twitter, and become a patron at patreon.com slash cursedcast. Yeah, we never know how to close out shows. We just, <laughs> we just edit it to like goodbye. But um. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm bad with goodbyes in general. Like even on the phone, which I fucking hate the phone. Right. But like you know, I'm the worst at ending phone calls. It's always weird and awkward. Yeah. No, you hang up. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right.